faith and life. For some people, they're parallel roads. They never come into contact with each other. One never influences the other. Yet for some other people, faith and life are more like intersecting roads. Often they're running opposite each other, but where they do intersect, wonderful God moments can be experienced. But yet for just a few, the two roads merge into one, and the results are truly a highway to heaven. What does the road of faith and life look like in your world? The weather has turned cold in large part of the country, and uh, pumpkins have been out for a while in the grocery store. My church this past Sunday had its fall festival. We had about 200 parents and kids stick around after late service and enjoy bounce houses, um, some food, cotton candy, popcorn, and trunk or treating. Um, from time to time, I get questions from Christians who certainly mean well, and I think it's a valid question to ask, and that is, what role does Halloween have in the life of a Christian? You're going to have some people say it has should have no role whatsoever, and then you'll have other people that say, yeah, there's no problem uh, whatsoever, and Christians can do whatever when it comes to Halloween. And um, I don't know what your view is on it, but I just wanted to devote a few minutes to it on today's podcast. I remember as a kid, um, Halloween was always a big deal growing up in uh, New York, grew up in a small town. The church would have a costume contest. I remember we would parade around the basement of the church. That's where the like uh, dining hall or fellowship hall was or what have you. And I remember one year I, I got like first or second or third prize or something because they only gave prizes for the top three. And I had this kind of devil mask. And um, somehow, some way... <laughs> um, our parents back then thought it was a good idea and the churches thought it was a great idea to have a costume contest where uh, the devil would win a prize at a, at a church. Um, I don't think that was the best decision. Uh, and, uh, and I'm not in favor of Halloween, uh, perhaps to that extent. Um, it seems like nowadays people are decorating for Halloween, at least in my neighborhood, almost as much as Christmas. Um, and it's crazy the amount of money uh, people spend on uh, yard decorations and just kind of going all out. Is it all bad? Well, uh, that's a debatable question, but let me uh, let me give it to you from not only my perspective, but I think uh, I think a biblical perspective as well. I'm not going to argue with anyone that Halloween comes from pagan roots. Um, it does. Um, there's very little about it that really um, uh, Christians uh, should be engaged in or support or anything uh, uh, of that extent. But over time, uh, it's morphed into this kind of fun celebration time where you dress up. It doesn't have to be of a ghost or something like that. It can be of, you know, an Avenger or, you know, a princess or a million different things. Um, and you just go around and you get candy and you get to pretend that you're, you know, someone that you're not and, and just to have a good time and celebrate, maybe carve a pumpkin, put a candle in it, bake some pumpkin seeds. And, um, it, you know, the question is, 
can you celebrate Halloween in a um, uh, in a way in which you're not supporting its pagan roots? Well, here's what I want to challenge everyone on in terms of that. There's people that aren't Christian that celebrate Christmas. There's pagans, maybe even Jews. Um, uh, you know, people of various religions or non-religious people that will see Christmas as a winter-type holiday. They'll put up a tree. Uh, they might take their kids to sit on Santa's lap. Uh, they'll put presents under that tree, and they will celebrate Christmas without recognizing the Christian tradition of Christmas. Does that make them Christian? And I think we would all say, no way, because they're not even celebrating the Christian part of Christmas. All right, I I believe in consistency and logic and thought. If that doesn't make someone Christian who's not Christian, who's not celebrating the Christian roots of it, but just celebrating the, the, the outward manifestations of the materialism of it, then how in the world does it make someone who's a Christian, who's not celebrating the pagan roots, doesn't believe in the pagan roots, isn't even thinking about the pagan roots, but is just celebrating the outward manifestation of the materialism of of candy and of even yard decorations of Halloween, how does that make them pagan? I think the answer is, is it doesn't. Now, that's my feeling on it. Um, And I think that's a consistent feeling with how we would look at pagan celebrating Christmas. And I think that's all that really needs to be said. But um, I I think we can take it a little farther and, you know, look and see what God's word says on this. Because there's an interesting passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 that talks about whether or not food that has been sacrificed to idols is allowable to be eaten by Christians since idols aren't real anyways and Christians don't necessarily have to believe in it. They can just get a cheap steak, a cheap pot roast. Is is there anything wrong with eating it? Now, I have to be honest, it's the, the pietism in me coming out a little bit. I don't think I'm going to eat food that's been sacrificed to an idol. I'd probably be a little worried it's got maggots in it or it'll like make me sick or... Make me have to run for the emodium or something. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. But is it wrong according to God's word? So if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 4, um, Paul speaking about whether or not it's okay to eat meat that's been sacrificed uh, to false idols. Well, they're all false, but uh, starting in verse 4, Paul says, So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols... We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is just but one God, the Father from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things came and through whom we live. Paul says, Not everyone, verse 7, possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it becomes defiled. But food does not bring us near to God, so we are no worse if we do not eat it, and we're no better if we do. 
But then he goes on to say, be careful, however, that we exercise our rights, um, that in doing so we don't become a stumbling block for the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all of your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So what Paul's saying is, listen, you can go to a temple to get a cheap steak, a false temple of a false god, uh, because they got, you know, they got a fish fry for four ninety nine. They got ribeyes on sale for you know five ninety. Uh, Paul says, go get a good deal. Go have a good meal. You know, up in New York, the churches to fundraise, they would uh, once a month or so put on meals in their um, uh, in their fellowship hall. And my grandpa, oh man, he was the worst, the biggest for like showing up and oh, you can get this great deal for this really good price. They got the best chicken. They got, and we would have to go and wait in a stinking forty-five minute line waiting for our turn to get called into the church basement to eat a meal. Now we went to a lot of different churches to eat those meals. And they weren't all of the same denomination that that I am. But I didn't give any thought to the fact that, you know, if I'm eating in a Baptist church, like that means I agree with everything that the way the Baptists do because I'm a Lutheran. Or if I'm in a Methodist church, you know what I'm saying? It's just we're going there to eat. Well, it's what Paul's saying. If you go into a temple of an idol to eat, You're just going there for the food. Now, he says, you can understand that and you can know that. But what you need to be careful of, one, if your conscience is so weak that that bothers you, then don't do it because it can become a stumbling block. But he also does warn us as Christians that um, if if we cause other Christians with a weak conscience to basically um, uh, stumble in their faith, to show up to the to the temple of the idol to eat the food and somehow get indoctrinated into everything that's associated with that idol, um, we've just caused a brother to stumble and and we need to be careful not to do that and we're held accountable for that. Well, that's how we need to understand Halloween as Christians. Can we dress our kids up and send them across the neighborhood to get candy? Yes. Can I like have like candy in my house and enjoy answering the door and giving candy to kids? Yes. Can I even sometimes I've done this dressed up and try to scare the kids as they come up to the house? Yeah, I can do that. But if I'm celebrating it in such a way that it looks like I'm really endorsing the darker sides of Halloween or embracing the um, pagan roots of it, um, and I'm somehow causing Christians that are weaker in their faith to um, somehow think that that dark side is okay to mess around with and to dabble with because I've got a Ouija board hanging from my door and, you know, I'm get, handing out, uh, you know, uh, palm reading guides or tarot cards or something like that. Then that's not good, right? So for all of you Christian parents that are listening to this, you know, go according to your conscience. And my conscience is that Halloween is neither good nor bad. There are certainly some bad parts to it, but the kids getting to run around and get a bunch of candy, that's not so bad. I miss the days when my kids did that because then I could pull out the, my favorite candy out of their bags and, uh, and eat it, right? So much of in life, you've got to look at the motives and you've got to examine the motives. Figure out where your heart is and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if it seems wrong, don't do it. But if it's harmless and it's fun, 
a Christian celebrating and trick-or-treating does not make them any more of a pagan than a pagan opening a Christmas present under a tree on Christmas Day. Hope everyone has a wonderful uh, day, um, a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.